You're listening to the UAMS AgeWise podcast, the show that brings you everything you need to know about healthy aging, caregiving, and so much more. Every episode, we share the latest information about geriatric topics and have some fun along the way. Hello and welcome to the UAMS AgeWise podcast. My name is Vanessa Lee and I'll be your host today. On today's episode, we'll be talking about caregiver stress. And specifically, we're talking about offering unpaid caregiving services for someone with dementia. I'm joined with Laura Spradley, the outreach coordinator here at the Arkansas Geriatric Education Collaborative, also known as the AGEC. Laura, caregiving can be so rewarding, but it also comes with lots of challenges, especially when a patient has dementia. Can you tell our audience what dementia is and the symptoms to look out for? Vanessa, dementia is an umbrella term that encompasses several symptoms. And I want our audience to focus on these symptoms that become severe enough to interfere with daily lives. These symptoms include loss of memory, loss of language skills, decreased uh, problem-solving skills, and thinking skills that are severe enough to interfere with daily life. So it's when we see these changes occurring, memory loss, language skills, problem-solving skills to where they can't do their daily life tasks, that's when we want to be concerned. And I want our audience to focus on that. That's the point where we say to our healthcare provider, I'm really concerned because my loved one can no longer follow a recipe. They can no longer um, focus on thinking skills when they're when I'm not with them. Okay. And so that's when we really want to reach out to our provider and say, I'm really concerned. And when we get to that point, we're not talking about normal aging anymore. We are talking about things that we need to talk to our provider about. I can speak to little bits of memory lapses because I'm in that protected age group now, but I can eventually go back and remember someone's name or I can remember, oh gosh, I messed up that recipe because I didn't do X, Y, and Z. Okay. That's the the big difference. And Vanessa, I want to focus on the reason people hear a lot about Alzheimer's disease as one specific type of dementia is because it's the most common. Uh, About 60 to 80 percent of dementia diagnoses, cases, are um, determined to be Alzheimer's because memory loss. And that's one of the first things we see in Alzheimer's disease is that loss of short-term memory. Another type of dementia that you will hear about is Lewy body dementia, frontotemporal dementia, and vascular dementias. And each of those end up being about 5 to 10% of dementia-type cases. And then another one that sometimes results in dementia is Parkinson's or Huntington's disease. And those result in um, dementias too, but they're a much smaller scale. Can you talk to us about dementia and Alzheimer's disease in Arkansas and how that relates to caregiving right here in the natural state? Sure, Vanessa. In Arkansas, there are approximately 58,000 individuals with Alzheimer's disease. So caregiving is huge in Arkansas. We know that the research and the statistics tell us that about one in four individuals are a caregiver of some type in Arkansas. 60% of these caregivers are women, and about 30 plus percent, give or take, are caregiving for a parent or a parent-in-law. So they're taking care of those special parents and in-laws. And about 7% are providing care to someone with an actual dementia. 
Okay. And these caregivers, most of the time are providing help um, with things like household chores, personal care, bathing, cleanliness, laundry, grocery shopping, those kind of things. And caregiving is mostly done as an unpaid act of love and care for their loved one. Okay, so they're not being compensated. And the data shows us that these caregivers are usually doing this for about 20 hours a week. And as the disease progresses and things get worse and their symptoms progress, they're providing even more caregiving time. Thank you so much, Laura. And I know caregiving can look different in different situations. So can you tell our listeners what a caregiver usually does in the course of providing caregiving? Sure. And it's going to vary, obviously, from person to person. But overall, we're usually talking about some general things. Okay. The symptoms of dementia will vary from person to person, and the symptoms progress at different rates uh, depending on the person. Okay. But usually the first thing that people will notice is short-term memory loss. It's affected. They'll notice uh, a lot of times that their loved one doesn't pay bills anymore. They're not able to coordinate all that. Um, they'll, they'll just lay the bill aside and say, well, I'll get to that later. Uh, their loved one stops planning meal prep. They stop planning um, what they're going to have throughout the week and preparing a shopping list and just overall um, lack of preparation in preparing food. They have a problem with remembering appointments. Um, It takes a lot of reminder notes, calendar memos, things like that. Um, Caregivers usually end up becoming involved in their loved one taking their medicine properly. Either the person totally forgets to take it or they take it twice in one day, all those kind of things. Another important thing that caregivers end up doing is being the driver or the chauffeur, as we say, for appointments and things, because usually family members notice that maybe um, their loved one's driving skills have diminished. Traveling overall just becomes an issue. Um, They might get to the store and not remember where they are or not remember where they parked their car or a worst case scenario, can't remember how to get home. And sometimes this is when a caregiver, a loved one really gets involved because they'll get that call that says, I need you to come get me. Caregivers, oh gosh, they spend an inordinate amount of time just doing um, daily things like managing the household, taking out the trash, all those important things, laundry. Um, and all this becomes more and more the caregiver does these without even having to be asked because the loved one with dementia doesn't even realize that those things aren't getting done. So the caregiver just picks up and does those. And this leads to more and more responsibilities on the caregiver, which oftentimes leads to stress on the caregiver. And stress can be exhibited in lots of ways, both physically um, and sometimes emotionally and psychologically, because these are real stresses. And um, the burden oftentimes uh, falls on the caregiver to also provide things financially, you know, to go to the store and they end up spending more because they're buying more, those kind of things. Um, They'll say, well, I'm going to pay their bills this one time, et cetera, et cetera. The research does show us that all these things result in caregivers feeling stressed. And when that caregiver is stressed, a lot of times then it turns around, it affects the care that they're able to provide for the very loved one that they're trying to help. 
Thank you, Laura. That's a lot of great information. Now, can you talk about the signs and symptoms of caregiver stress? Sure. Okay. Well, we could spend uh, all day on this one, but we'll just we're just going to talk about a few of them. Usually, we'll start seeing loss of control. They feel like they can't control anything. They're not able to get anything done. Um, a lot of times, if they have a chronic disease like diabetes or anything like that, pulmonary issues, they become worse and they manifest themselves in showing those signs and symptoms. The caregiver often says, I don't have any self-identity anymore. I don't get to do things that I used to enjoy. And so consequently, the caregiver starts withdrawing and they'll start uh, withdrawing from extended family and and friends. And in some cases, sadly, they turn to um, substance abuse to try to, you know, just escape. Sometimes, and this is one that we all need to be aware of, depression kicks in or anxiety, okay? Um, those, these are just ways of manifesting stress. And caregivers who experience chronic stress for a long time, the research and the studies have shown that they as well can show cognitive decline. They might show symptoms of short-term memory loss. And in women particularly, we don't know why, but they exhibit signs of more heart disease and things like that. And this can relate to increased mortality for caregivers, and that's not what we want. So we've got to deal with this stress that caregivers are feeling, and it's a very real thing. It's not just a feeling, it's just real. So we've got to deal with these caregivers getting a relief from the stress. And Laura, how can we help our audience in learning how to deal with caregiver stress? Sure. And that's what we, uh, you know, love to do at AJAC is to help our caregivers. So now that we know and we've talked about caregiver stress, let's talk about some wonderful ways we can reach out and, and help our caregivers. We want to stress that the number one thing caregivers can do is to become educated about stress being real. And the number one way to help with stress is to become educated, number one, about the disease that their loved one may have, becoming educated about their own health and how stress affects their own health. It should not be an embarrassment for you to say, I am feeling stress and my health is becoming compromised. We need to teach our caregivers about coping strategies, planning for what's going to happen. And then we need to talk to them about ways that if their loved one is showing signs and symptoms, how they can deal with that and and redirect their loved one if they're having behavioral issues. We work a lot with them on how can we teach them how to redirect um, and get that loved one involved in something else, whether it's helping set the table, fold clothes, if they can help limited ways, but how can they help in food preparation? You know, obviously you don't want to put them in danger. How can they help you in the garden? How can they help you outside? Because these loved ones still want to feel wanted and needed. It's very important that caregivers understand the disease and how it's going to progress so that they aren't surprised by things. Caregivers who learn and they learn about how to deal with problem-focused and action-oriented coping skills, um, we, we know the research shows that this reduces burnout for caregivers. And it's okay for caregivers to reach out and say, I want to and need to attend a support group. This is essential and very, very helpful. They will learn tips from others who have been down this same road that they're going down. 
I want to stress this one too, Vanessa. It's okay for caregivers to say, I need a break, whether that's getting um, a close family member to also come in and help or to getting hired help, uh, reaching out to organizations that we know in town that provide respite grants to get help. You've got to take a break as a caregiver. You can't run on empty and expect to be a good caregiver if you don't get a break once in a while, okay? You've got to go, you know, get a haircut sometimes. You've got to run to the store by yourself. And it's okay to ask for help. We at AJAC provide lots of free resources. We have a caregiver workshop. We have tips and tools online on our website, agec.uams.edu. We have a class about disaster preparedness where we also talk about not only being prepared for disasters, but getting your legal and paperwork together. And this helps you plan for the long term. And when you plan for the long term and you're well prepared, this relieves stress. Another thing that we often forget about is to keep our caregivers updated on how can technology help them. And we have tips uh, out there as well for technology. And this changes constantly, but it's a good thing to be aware of. And then we also want our caregivers to let their personal health care provider, their doctor, know that they are now a caregiver. And this just lets the doctor know, okay, they might be under stress, things like that, from being a full-time caregiver or even a part-time caregiver. And then the last thing I try to do is to tell these caregivers During the course of the day, the weeks, the months, we have got to find small bits of humor as we're caregiving. It's okay to laugh if we spill something or we don't do something perfectly. We've got to find some humor in this and what's going on in our lives. I tell caregivers, journal, write down your stories. If your loved one is still able to tell stories, family stories, rituals that you all used to do, get them recorded telling their life stories, what they did when they were younger, because you know what? You're going to want those stories as memories. It's great to have pictures, but if you can actually get them to tell stories and verbally tell it, you're going to be so happy that you have those resources to draw down on later and do that while you're being a caregiver. And then one other last bit of advice that we tell people is don't argue with your person that has dementia or Alzheimer's disease. If they say it's 1960 and they need to leave to go to work, that's their reality. And that's where they are today or in whatever state they're in. They're saying, this is where I am and we need to agree with them and say, oh, okay, well, tell me about what you used to do for work, okay? And get them talking about it and diverting them from thinking they need to leave and go get in their car. Say, sit down and tell me what you used to do for a living, okay? But the last thing we want to do as a caregiver is to argue with them about what is the day and the year or the event that's going on right now. We just need to join their reality, as we say. I hope those tips helped, Vanessa, to our audience. I hope they helped them. And our Facebook page and our website just have a ton of resources. You shared so much helpful information today, Laura, and I learned so much just from this conversation. For all of you listening, we hope this gives you some insight on how to manage caregiver stress.
If this is your first time tuning in, be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all the educational episodes we have planned. You can find all of the information about this episode and our social media handles in the show notes. I'd also like to invite you to leave a review or drop us a comment telling us what you'd like to see in the future. At agec.uams.edu, you'll be able to find free resources and programs that we offer. See you next time.